Hello and welcome to the first ever Thorax podcast. I'm Ongshu Bhomik, I'm the Lung Alerts editor of Thorax and I'm delighted to have with me today Professor Visha Venjiha, the editor-in-chief. Hello Visha. Yes, um, hello to everybody and to all our readers and welcome to our first Thorax podcast. I'd like to talk to you first about the status of Thorax and to ask you how things are going with the journal. Yes, well, thank you, Anshu. Um, We've had a very good year indeed, and the impact factor for um, 2008, which was published in June of this year, was at the highest ever for Thorax at 7.069, which really means that we are maintaining and increasing the quality of papers in the journal. And how does that compare with the other main journals in respiratory medicine? Well, we are behind um, the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care Medicine, but we are at number two of the main respiratory journals. So we're in a very strong position and we are the strongest of the European journals. That's excellent. And how does that reflect in terms of the submissions that we get in the journal? Well, we have seen this year, especially since June, a marked increase in submissions to the journal. Um, We usually end up between 1,400 and 1,500 submissions a year, out of which about 1,000 are original papers. This year, we will be heading to over 1,600 submissions. So this is looking very good indeed, and we are still getting very good high-quality papers. And what's the acceptance rate like for these submissions then? Well, the acceptance rate will, of course, fall with the increased number of submissions. So for original papers, we're talking around 15% um, acceptance um, rates. I'm afraid lower for case reports as we do get a very large number of those as well. So that clearly means that the papers that we are going to publish in the journal will be of that much higher standard then? Absolutely. So with a bigger choice of papers, we will be able to choose the very best papers. And in that case, the impact factor hopefully next year will rise even further. I'd like to ask you a little bit more about the the thinking that goes behind the editing of a, of a journal like Thorax. Perhaps we could move on to your Airwaves column. Uh, I have uh, with me the December issue of Airwaves, and uh, this is a summary of a few important papers that you select and put in your column at the beginning of every issue. Can you tell me a little bit about the process by which you do this? Yes, every month I choose three or four um, original papers. I have occasionally written an airwave on a review. Each of these papers are chosen because I regard them as of broad interest to our readers. They also have strong clinical messages that are relevant to clinical practice. There may be, they may be epidemiological, there may be clinical trials, they may be surveys, or they may be a basic mechanism that has a, an important clinical application. 
Right. And um, so the first paper we have by Ewigan colleagues is, is a very interesting one about community-acquired pneumonia. Can you tell us a little bit about this one? The reason that I chose this paper is that community-acquired pneumonia is a very important condition indeed. It is not a disease that needs to be notified. And if you don't notify a disease, then it is difficult to know its exact prevalence and its outcome. This is interesting in that this paper, in fact, includes every hospitalisation with pneumonia over two years, 2005 to 2006, in Germany, which was recorded in a database. The highlights are that mortality is higher than we thought it was. It is felt from previous studies that mortality is under 10%, but here it is shown clearly in a very detailed database that mortality is between 13 to 15%. And also mortality is more common in males and also increases with age. So I think this data is very important for healthcare planning. Yes, this is very clinically relevant information, actually. The other important finding of this study was that the number of patients who received mechanical ventilation was very low. What do you think about that? Well, I think this is very important and suggests that these people were, in fact, not put forward for a mechanical ventilation, which means that treatment was not escalated when it should have been. And I think this is something that really does need more work. There is quite a bit of information on patients with COPD receiving mechanical ventilation. Yes. And I think it is time to look into reasons that patients are or are not ventilated with community-acquired pneumonia. That's very important. And uh, I think the, the authors also mentioned the point that uh, the rates of ventilation were lower in this study than you normally find in the United States. So that may be something we need to look at as well. So um, we've talked about pneumonia and the second of your selected papers in airwaves is one about asthma management. This is a study from Tasmania by Kandane Rathnayake and colleagues looking at asthma control. Can you tell us a little bit about this paper and why you chose this one? Yes, this is an interesting and perhaps a paper with a surprising result. Um, there are many asthma guidelines um, available and one would have hoped that these asthma guidelines would be translated into improvements in clinical practice. Yet it does seem that this hasn't totally occurred. And what this paper shows is that asthma control and use of appropriate asthma medication is suboptimal in patients, particularly in those with chronic asthma, persistent asthma, or with those without any family history. The other important issue in this paper is that patients who did not treat their asthma properly actually had accelerated decline in lung function. So it actually shows us the very important point about asthma, that if you don't treat the disease, you change the natural history of this important condition. So it's not only important to have guidelines for asthma, but also it is necessary to make sure that these are translated into actual clinical practice. 
there is a, an accompanying editorial to this paper by Richard Ruffin, which looks at some of the ways in which asthma needs to be treated. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And in Richard Ruffin's editorial, he discusses some of the reasons that asthma management may be suboptimal. And these are wide reasons. They are the healthcare system, access to medication, um, barriers to self-management, psychological um, factors, etc. So there is a lot of work to be done to improve asthma care. Indeed. Thank you. So moving on from asthma to COPD, the third paper in Airwaves is one by Zanini and colleagues looking at a, a new and novel mechanism of the pathology of COPD. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yes, um, I chose this paper because I think we really will need to focus in the future on new ways to treat COPD. We're desperately in need of novel ideas and pharmacological interventions. We also don't know exactly how inhaled corticosteroids work. So what this paper shows is that in COPD, the bronchial vascular area and the vessel size are increased. And this may be due to upregulation by TGF-beta or VEGF. And also, what was interesting in this paper is the authors show that this microvascularity is actually reduced in patients who are treated long-term with inhaled steroids. Now, this is different from the situation in asthma, where we see new vessel formation. And in this study, there was no evidence of new vessel formation in COPD. So clearly, this may be a potential uh, target for further larger therapeutic trials. Absolutely. And I think it would be very interesting to see how other pharmacological therapies work on the vascular system in COPD and on the mucosa. Thank you, Visha. These are really interesting papers that you've chosen for Airwaves this month. It is important to recognise that none of these excellent papers could be published without the contribution from the peer reviewers who spend their time and effort for Thorax. Yes, um, the whole editorial team is immensely grateful to all the Thorax reviewers who have been prepared to give their time up for the journal to read the paper and give us their expert opinions. Every December in Thorax, we publish the list of reviewers who have helped us over the past year. If we have omitted anybody's name from the list, then please let us know so that we can amend the list and publish your name in the next issue. Thank you again very much to everybody who has helped with the journal. Thank you very much indeed, Visha. I hope that this podcast has given you some information about the editorial process and highlighted some of the important papers in this month's journal. You can read all the papers that we have been discussing on the Thorax website at thorax.bmj.com. We hope that future podcasts will give further insights into the editorial process and highlight some of the important papers that are published in Thorax in the months to come. Thank you very much.